Well, hello, everyone. How are you all today? Hope you're enjoying your day. Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys Radio, back with another episode of Conscious Commentary. I am loving doing this little conscious commentary segment more and more because it, you know, it gives me the opportunity to really, to really stretch and think about some things that I haven't necessarily had a chance to talk about with some of my guests, but just, you know, in, in contemplation mode and all the things that make our reality, this world, this universe so mysterious, but so exciting. I get a chance to share my musings with you. And today is no exception. Something that I've been thinking about for quite some time that I've actually brought up to several of my guests in the past. And that is, now, you know, we all we talk about uh, the contact phenomenon, right? The whole field of ufology, I believe, is uh, getting bigger and bigger by the day. More revelations, it seems, coming out by the day. And more acceptance of the phenomenon, uh, despite the fact that so many of us know so little about it. But here's something that I wanted to bring to your attention that I really want to kind of hone in on uh, for this particular episode. And I'm calling this unconscious contact. Are you an experiencer, but you don't realize it? This is something that I have broached, like I uh, mentioned, with several of my uh, uh, guests, actually most recently with Yvonne Smith uh, of CERO, the Close Encounter Resource Organization, along with her co-author of um, their recently released book, Chosen, James Lowe, also an experiencer. The question that I brought up to them uh, just this past uh, episode that we had is, could there be a lot of experiencers out there that don't know their experiencers. This is something I've thought about quite some time because we've covered this topic and in, in so many variations of the topic for so long now. Uh, this is something that I've also brought up uh, in the past to Mary Rodwell. Um, she, although we we can't say, she does feel that there may be something to that idea. How many people are actually having what we call extraterrestrial contact. I, I paused there because I, you know I don't like to use that term because I think it's so much broader than that. Let's call it non-human intelligence, contact with NHI, yet another acronym, ET, UFO, we'll add another one, NHI. I don't know. It's just a thought. Um, so I want to go into a few little tidbits that I've kind of woven together sort of in my own musing and contemplation over this idea and see what you think. Let's start by talking about, hmm, let's talk about clowns. <laughs> some of you may be laughing. Some of you may be saying, eek, I can't stand clowns. I want to talk about the fear of clowns, actually, because, you know, this is something that has been brought to my attention in, I don't know, quite quite a few years, many years, actually. And the the numbers of individuals, both children and adults, that are clearly afraid of clowns, even pictures of them. I bring this up um, because it was originally brought to my attention by our own Mary Rodwell. Uh, you, you may have heard her talk about it in her research. So I want to go into that a little bit, the, the possible connection between fear and some in some cases all out phobia 
of clowns and possible contact. She uses a term, I don't believe she's coined this term, but I know that she uses it frequently called screen memory, screen memory. And that is essentially something that she has discovered maybe at play as she has regressed hundreds and hundreds of individuals who initially, while in regression, will talk about uh, seeing a figure, in some cases an animal, um, but when she probes deeper, she discovers that that's not exact, that's not actually what they're seeing initially. Um, it could be contact with non-human intelligence that has masked itself or cloaked itself as something else. And one of the things that apparently she has come up with in her, in her regressions and research is that clowns are often depicted But then as she goes deeper with the client, she will discover that that's not really what is interacting with them. One story she told me, actually, she told all of us, if you saw my last interview with her uh, back in October, I believe, of of last year, she talked about uh, her son. I don't know how many years ago this was done. But she had her son had a, a has a dear friend who I believe was in some sort of a vehicle accident. It could have been a motorcycle motorbike accident, but he felt that there was some missing time or some nebulousness to the experience. He, fortunately, he was okay from the accident, but he wanted to be regressed or he agreed to be regressed. And upon regression, what was discovered as Mary. Um, was asking questions about what, you know, this this block of time in which he could not recall what had happened. She was able to get him back into the uh, the scenario, and it was discovered that he was approached by a being of some sort. And I think she had said something like, well, what is this being wearing? And he looks down as he's regressed, obviously. And he says, I see, I see clown shoes. Huh. She, I think she was thinking to herself, here we go again. She told him, look again and tell me what you see. And invariably, what he saw, he no longer saw the clown shoes. Interestingly, the shoes, not necessarily the face, but clown shoes. But then as he, as she went deeper with him, they both discovered that, in fact, it appeared to be some sort of um, non-human intelligence. We'll call it E.T., for argument's sake. So so I found that very interesting. When she fr- first brought this up to me, I don't know, how many interviews have we done with her? So many at this point. Uh, and the idea that screen memory may, in fact, be a prominent feature of contact and that clowns are often depicted in that sort of portfolio of screens that perhaps the ETs can cloak themselves. And I thought that was so interesting because I am, many of you I'm sure are aware of people that are afraid of clowns. Maybe you yourself have a phobia of clowns. You know, there's a word for that. I recently discovered a full-blown fear of clowns. Researchers believe it's somewhat rare. And they also believe that this is somewhat of a newer phenomenon, but it's called coolrophobia. Coolrophobia, spelled C-O-U-L-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Coolrophobia. Are you a coolrophobiac? It's very interesting to me. I don't 
ever recall having a fear of clowns. In fact, I'm sure I haven't. And yet, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later too, my own experiences and how I've in more recent years wondered whether I too am an experiencer. Are you? So again, this is what we're exploring today. Unconscious contact. Look, we've got alleged seven and a half, maybe even approaching 8 billion people on this planet. And again, I ask the question, I put it out there. I'm sure there have been, I dare say millions that have come forward in some form or fashion, whether privately or publicly with their own close encounters or contact experiences. But those are the people that have had some sort of a conscious awareness and or have been regressed. What about all of those walking around today? In fact, those that have unfortunately ridiculed and poo-pooed others that have talked about their own experiences, what if they themselves, the ridiculers, are experiencers themselves and don't know it? I want to go into, I want to stick to the um, the fear of clowns thing, because that to me, something there, I don't know. I, and obviously, I can't say for sure. But I just find that completely fascinating. So you know what I did? I went to our old friend Google, right? <laughs> did a Google search. And I wanted to find out how common is the fear of clowns. So check this out. When I typed in how common is fear of, I didn't even have to put clowns. It immediately gave me the top five returns of how common is the fear of fill in the blank. Number one was fear of public speaking. Number two, fear of flying. Number three, on the heels of that, fear of heights. Number four, fear of needles. And number five, rounding out the list, you guessed it, folks, fear of clowns. Again, I want to emphasize, and you know how Google is, it's just so intuitive, isn't it? They're, uh, well, we won't get into that. (laughs) They just kind of know what you're thinking, maybe. But how common is fear of didn't even type it in and it came up as an automatic return. So that tells me it's pretty common. I don't have any numbers. But as I go back to this coulrophobia, the full-blown fear of clowns of which researchers believe may be somewhat of a new phenomenon, and I go back to some of the conversations that I've had with UFO ET researchers, including Yvonne Smith from CIRA, who we just interviewed, she contends that contact experiences, and there are people that will argue against this, but she believes that they are on the rise, more of them are happening. So if you sort of juxtapose that with the idea that coulrophobia is a somewhat new phenomenon, eh, there could be something to that. I don't know. I think that's something really worth, I think I I may bring Mary back on to really kind of go a little bit deeper on the clown screen memory idea with her, because I do think that's worth probing. What we're trying to figure out, folks, me, in this case, is how common, in fact, are contact experiences. In fact, in recent years, I've asked myself the question, How common are contact experiences? And am I an experiencer? And again, we're using this term very broadly, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring you back to a conversation that I had, um, oh, about a year, maybe a little over 
um, with Alfred Lambermont Weber of ExoPolitics, in which I relayed in excruciating detail an experience that I had back in 2005 that at the time I certainly would not have considered to be contact with non-human intelligence. And yet, and we're going to talk about um, some of the other contact modalities a little bit later, I now, in looking at the term experiencer broadly, wonder whether there was some form of contact implicit in what amounted to be close to a 90-day excursion into other realities, I suppose. I hope you'll listen to that or watch that interview if you have a chance. But again, how common are these experiences? And are, are we having other experiences not realizing that there's a contact element to it? I want to talk about an individual, I'm not going to mention this person's name, who I feel is an experiencer of non-human intelligence contact. And I want to just bring up a few features and see if anything rings a bell for you. This person, uh, whom I know quite well, told me once about an experience that they had uh, in which they were asleep, awakened of by something, I don't know what, and saw some form of a blue glowing light in the window. I mean, you could maybe say it was a police, uh, a police cruiser or something, who uh, oftentimes have blue, blue flashing lights. But the person said, No, no, it wasn't like that. I didn't. In fact, I saw no vehicle. I did get up to look, but it, it just seemed to be sort of diminishing as I got closer to the window. The person has told me several things, let's just say, that are very curious. In one case, um, this person could hear a sound, sort of a low, mm, mm, mm. I'm I'm probably not depicting that well, but something that Linda Moulton Howe has talked about, these very mysterious sounds, not booms, but just sort of a tone that is sustained, but other people can't hear it. This person has gone through that. Nobody else could hear the sound but this particular individual. This person is all also an avid watcher of ancient aliens. And I'm going to get into that too. I want to touch on people that have just an interest, a vital interest, or a, a, I should say a deep interest in the subject and what that may be showing. So we've talked about coolrophobia. I also want to talk about th- this whole idea of what we now call a uh, experiencer. Years ago, people that believe themselves to have had some form of contact were called abductees, particularly if they felt themselves to have been taken, or contactees. But the term experiencer, and I haven't done full research on this, but according to Yvonne from Ciro, the term experiencer was popularized through or vis-a-vis her own research and and, uh, developing the support group CERO, Close Encounter Resource Organization. It is also used, well, lots of us that are are a part of the ufology community are now using that as a more um, uh, appropriate term, I guess you you would say. But in looking at the work of free, the foundation for research into extraterrestrial encounters. That would be Dr. Edgar Mitchell's free. Their work, stellar work, I, I might add, 
in their cross-correlating contact experiences and HI contact experiences with near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, shamanic experiences, channeling, remote viewing, telepathic communication, etc. I think is brilliant because what they're really doing is trying to put some puzzle pieces together here. And according to their research, it is pretty much irrefutable that those that that have had conscious contact, they feel, have also had brushes with some of the anomalies that I just mentioned here. Well, we know that there are a whole lot of other people. I mean, let's just take one phenomenon, the out-of-body experience, and the work that uh, William Buhlman has done in OBE research, as well as being an OBE-er himself, has revealed this is a very common phenomenon. OBEs are very, very common. In fact, in my uh, cursory research on the subject, I've found that to be the case as well. Well, if you put, if A plus, if A plus B equals C, if A equals B and B equals C, and then A equals C, what we might consider is that those that are having contact experiences have also had some of these experiences. Well, what if people that have had out-of-body experiences have also had contact experiences but are not consciously aware of it? Remember, what we're trying to do is put a string of stuff together. I don't know what else to call it. In looking at the whole idea of a continuum, that reality is a continuum, not only of consciousness, but of, a, of experience. Should we really be putting NDEs in one bucket and OBEs in another and ET contact experiences in another and shamanic experiences in another ad infinitum? Or should we be looking at the connections that exist between all of these phenomena? Let's talk about, I'm going to check my time. Oh, we're over, but heck, let's continue. Because there's a couple more things I want to bring up here. And as usual, I want you to listen to some of the things that I'm, I'm touching on here and and go back and, and kind of sit with yourself and say, hmm, it's interesting. Let me think about this. Let's talk about the shadow person phenomenon. I haven't talked about that for quite some time. Do you know what that is? Many, 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 many people have reported variations of this story, of course, uh, or these encounters of people that will often see shadowy silhouette-like uh, figures, oftentimes in their bedroom, not always, but sometimes in the the um, the outfitting of this figure, well, it can take on a lot of different forms, but we do there there are some common themes in terms of the um, the appearance of what these so-called shadow people look like. Many of them wearing black hats. In some cases, I've heard people describe them as having kind of a um, Spider-Man silhouette. Some people just describe black smoke. But nonetheless, I have personally interviewed many individuals, not into the subject at all, by the way, that have claimed to have some aspect of a shadow person experience. Might we connect that in some way? This has been talked about before. In fact, Rosemary Ellen Guiley uh, continues to do stellar work on connecting the shadow person phenomenon with the djinn, D-J-I-N-N, it's sometimes spelled, along with alien contact. So I wouldn't leave that out either. So when you put that together with people that have had NDEs, OBEs, telepathic communication, 
shadow person visits, missing time experiences, sleep paralysis. I've talked to quite a few individuals that believe themselves, well, not believe themselves, they have been, they have suffered what is called sleep paralysis. I'm even going to fold in, (laughs) I can't leave this out, seeing double numbers. 1111, of course, included. Heck, there is a whole kit and caboodle of (laughs) phenomena. Really, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's actually um, really interesting to me. Is there some connect point or seamlessness somewhere along the line? Are there some common threads somewhere along the line with all of this in contact? Last but not least, let's get into this because I'm I, I'm asking more questions. I'm not, folks, I, I, Lord knows I have no answers in this. I'm just simply someone bringing up the questions because there's something very curious going on here to me. Let's talk about people that just have interest in the subject of ufology. And I really, really feel, I mean, you can look, look at ratings of Ancient Aliens as an example and other shows. Obviously, I think that's probably the most uh, watched show on the subject, uh, at least in um, on mainstream television, right? Look how it has just been not, it's just knocking, knocking things out of the park here in terms of how, how good the show is doing, how well the show is doing. Lots and lots of people are interested in it, otherwise it wouldn't be on for so long. And they, by the way, shout out to Prometheus Productions. They do a fantastic job speaking of which, of cross-correlating the ancient alien theory, not just ancient alien theory, but the alien theory with other, virtually every aspect of phenomena that is known to man that we call anomalous or paranormal. They've linked to it. They, They do a brilliant job in bringing that all together. So I have a sneaking suspicion, have a sneaking suspicion that we're looking at something that is far more ubiquitous than any of us know. We're talking about fear of clowns. That to me is really interesting. Screen memory. I, you know, I don't know. I was thinking about this. I was just, as I was drawing up my notes today, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could maybe do a little bit of a project one of these days and really research this fear of clowns. And if there were some individuals, I don't know what we call it, a focus group or some sort of a research uh, study group that would be willing to be regressed to find out just where this fear comes from at its core. Now, I dare say, and again, I'm putting a big disclaimer on this one. This is just a thought, folks. I don't know, it could be the clown when when you were a kid, a clown popped out of somewhere and just frightened you. And that was that just put this put the stamp a lifelong stamp of fear on you. I don't know. I just think it's something interesting to look at. So that's pretty much where we're going here uh, today. Let me know what you think as always. I, I try to do a little bit of research to see if I could find, you know, some sort of correlation beyond what Mary has alluded to, Mary Rodwell, on the connection between clowns and ETs. And again, I'm going, maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on the clown thing, but I do find that curious. Couldn't find too much, but there are a couple of references. Let me know if you find something as well. Okay. 
I think that's about, that's about it for this week. Some big questions that we're asking here. Listen, before I let you go, uh, I have a few little announcements to make. A couple announcements. As uh, some of you know, I will be out in Los Angeles to cover once again the 16th Annual Conscious Life Expo. It begins this Friday, February 9th. Uh, if you're interested in attending, I believe tickets are still available. Be sure to go to ConsciousLifeExpo.com and you can get all the deets there. And if you're in the area or if you can catch a quick flight out, come on out and join me. I'm so excited. I am going to be doing, as per usual, um, some on-location interviews, including former NBA great John Sally. John Sally, this, this is going to be fun. Um, as well as Fade to Black's own Jimmy Church. Shout out Jimmy and all the Fader Knots. I hope to meet some of you Fader Knots out there in LA while I'm there. Uh, and of course, when I sit down with Jimmy, we'll of course be covering um, the still, you know, somewhat fresh news, uh, news or news story, the New York Times uh, and subsequent stories that have come out late last year about the Pentagon's supposed secret UFO program. Obviously, I want to get his way in on that. So be sure to tune in. We will have those shows available for you uh, upon return from our trip out west. But while there, I'm, I'm so excited. While at the Expo, I will also be introducing some of the Expo speakers, including my friend Stephen, the sound scientist Halpern, frequent guest on our show. He's going to be doing some uh, a great giving a great talk on epigenetics. And um, I would say the metaphysics of sound, metaphysics of music. So that's the deal there. Now, also, since I will be out in the West Coast for a full week, next week's show that's scheduled for Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, uh, we're going to miss that one because I'm going to be on location. So in the interim, give, give me a little break, folks. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm taking one, one show off here. But uh, in the interim, I do encourage you to go to higherjourneys.com. Check out all of our archives, anything that you may have missed, even some things that are not on uh, our YouTube channel. Um, you can check them out at higherjourneys.com. So again, we will be back the following week with brand new shows, including our HJTV on location episodes. All right. There's a little house cleaning for today. <laughs> All right, folks. So I hope you enjoyed this little uh, podcast that I call Conscious Commentary. And once again, please weigh in on what you think may be going on with unconscious contact. And until then, I will talk to you real soon. Next time I talk to you, it'll be from Los Angeles. Warm Los Angeles. Whew, thank goodness. All right, everyone. Take good care. I'll talk to you soon.